This is Pastor Landon Davis. Thank you for joining me for our daily Bible study. Today we'll be going through 1 Corinthians chapter 12. As always, I'm reading from the World English Bible. Now concerning spiritual things, brothers, I don't want you to be ignorant. You know that when you were heathen, you were led away to those mute idols. However, you might be led. Therefore, I make known to you that no man speaking by God's Spirit says Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord, but by the Holy Spirit. So we see when we speak by God's Spirit, we'll exalt Christ. Um, we need to know a little bit about spiritual gifts. So this is an important point that when you're led of the Spirit, the goal is to exalt Christ and to bless His body. Only the Spirit can lead you to really exalt Jesus as Lord. Um, verse number four. Now there are various kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are various kinds of service and the same Lord. There are various kinds of workings, but the same God who works all things in all. But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the profit of all. For to one is given through the Spirit the word of wisdom, and to another the word of knowledge, according to the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the same Spirit. To another, working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of languages. And to another, the interpretation of languages. But the one and the same Spirit produces all these, distributing to each one separately as he desires. And so we find that these gifts of the Spirit are given to the body. It's when the Spirit moves through an individual. But when we're speaking of the gifts of the Spirit, we're talking about something that's distributed according to God's will for the good of the entire body. And the word here for gifts is uh, charisma. And this is not the same word that's used for um, typically for gifts like at an initial salvation. Um, there is another Greek term that refers to a free gift from God. And so, for example, whenever people in Acts received the gift of the Holy Ghost and spoke in tongues, well, they weren't given a message to the church, per se. They were praying, and the Spirit gave them an utterance as they began to pray in the Spirit. They were baptized in the Spirit. They, As Jesus told them, they received power. And so that experience um, uses a separate Greek term. I believe it's Doria. And for this initial outpouring of the Spirit. And so there, there is within the, the language there, we've got, they'll both refer to a gift, we, we have a distinction made. Um, these charismatic gifts... He's speaking to people who have already been a part of the church. They already have the Spirit residing in them. And then God pours out a gift. Um, and this is, so this term charisma, again, in, in English, we would just say gift. But the distinction is there. Th this term charisma refers to a free gift, but it's used every time God gives a, a gift to a believer for the benefit of other believers. So, um We've got the list of the gifts of the Spirit here, but in, in Romans 12 and 6, and 1 Corinthians 1 and 7, and 1 Timothy 4 and 14, and 
Second uh, Timothy one and six and First Peter four and I mean over and over First Peter four and ten. There's examples where gifts are given to bless the body, and it uses this term charisma. And so, a lot of people appeal to this passage uh, because they don't have the spirit moving in their assembly uh, in the way that we see in the book of Acts. Uh, churches where they don't have anyone that's speaking in tongues, or maybe they even have doctrines against it, will come to this and say, well, this says that some will speak in languages and others will not. And so, obviously not everybody needs to speak in tongues. But I believe they're they're missing the point. Um, the gift of the Holy Ghost, uh, again, I think the word's Doria, uh, that's used in the book of Acts with evidential tongues, we're told that baptism is for everyone. In, in Acts 2, whenever they're speaking in tongues and the crowd says, what does this mean? Peter says, this is what was, this is what was promised. This is what was prophesied by the prophet Joel, that God's going to pour out his spirit on all flesh. And then he concludes by telling them that, that what you see and what you hear is Jesus pouring the spirit out. And he says, the promise is unto you and to your children, to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And so Acts emphasizes the the universal availability of the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It's for everyone. Um, we see here in 1 Corinthians 12, um, verse 13 says, For by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body. So this audience has already been baptized in the Spirit. And so Paul is, is writing to people who've already experienced that Acts 2, baptism of the Holy Ghost. His instructions regarding tongues here then are concerning tongues used in a different manner. This was not about an individual praying in tongues to God and receiving the power of the Spirit, but these tongues were messages spoken to the church, not God, and given for the edification of the church and not the individual. And we'll see that as we continue through 1 Corinthians, where he gives more detailed instructions. But what he's focused on it is not the individual experience that was available for everyone, and he said that they had already received, but on the gift, this charismatic gift that would be used to impart uh, or or to edify, that means to profit, to, to bless the entire church. And so the context of 1 Corinthians 12 is edifying the body instead of the individual. The charismatic gift of tongues is describing a public message given to the church body. So tongues used in this manner is completely separate from an individual's personal prayers in tongues. Will all believers speak in tongues when they receive the initial baptism of the Holy Ghost? According to Jesus in Mark 12, when he said, these signs will follow them that believe, um, and one of the signs is they'll speak in new tongues. Um, he said, when the Spirit comes, you'll hear the sound of it. Um, and then we see that clarified in Acts that whenever the Spirit came, they spoke in tongues. In fact, when they went to Cornelius' house, the Jews didn't really believe that the Gentiles could receive the Spirit. But they couldn't deny it. It says, for they heard them speak with tongues. They were astonished, but they couldn't deny the evidence. 
And so we have this pattern from the book of Acts. And so I would say, yes, all believers will speak in tongues when they're baptized in the Spirit. Now, will all believers give a message in tongues as a gift, a charismatic gift of the Spirit to the church body? According to what we just read, the answer is no. The sign's the same. It's tongues, the Spirit given the utterance, but the gifts are very distinct. Uh, One's a, a personal outpouring of power, and the other is a gift of the Spirit to the body. And that's what we're talking about here. A nice parallel is evident in this text because he says, you know, these gifts are given to one and not to another as God wills. Well, listen to some of the gifts that he said. One of them he stated was the gift of faith. Now, is it possible for there to be believers who don't have faith? Um, This can't be talking about an individual's initial saving faith. Um... This has to instead be referring to a supernatural gift that's intended to be used of the body. The the Spirit moves on some people and gifts them to believe and to be able to speak faith and encourage others to believe, to share their faith. And so the entire church body is blessed. Maybe in a difficult situation, someone will speak with an anointing and, and God will touch the ears of the hearer and people will begin to believe. Similar, similarly, um, everyone's promised the Spirit with the evidence of tongues. And so um, we, we see that that's for everyone, similar to initial faith, uh, saving faith. And then subsequently, the Spirit moves on some people and gifts them to speak a message to the church in, in tongues with the accompanying gift of interpretation. And, and this would be similar to this charismatic gift of faith that builds up the, the church body. And so there's a distinction that we see has to be made in these. Um, the same is true. Another gift that's mentioned here is the gift of knowledge. Well, we know people perish without knowledge. You, you have to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Um, but this isn't talking about that. This is talking about a gift that one person will have a gift of knowledge and somebody else will not because this is a gift for the entire body. And um, so we, we see this is distinct um, from the initial outpouring of the Holy Ghost, initial baptism of the Spirit. Um, and as I said, we'll, we'll see more on this topic. It'll become clearer as we move through the next few chapters. Um, tongues as a sign of the initial and feeling and, and tongues as a gift of the Spirit we, to the corporate church, we have to understand that they're separate or your Bible's full of contradictions. Um, the same Holy Ghost that inspired Paul's instructions to the church in 1 Corinthians would, would have violated each instruction every time it was poured out in the book of Acts if they're not distinct experiences. So, for example, uh, in 1 Corinthians 14, Paul writes that um, if you're using this charismatic gift of tongues, um, speakers can't speak at the same time. However, when we read in Acts 2, Acts 10, Acts 19, (coughs) when people were initially baptized with the Holy Ghost and spoke in tongues, they were all speaking in tongues at the same time. Um, In Acts 14, um, 
I mean, in 1 Corinthians 14, sorry, Paul writes that if you're using this charismatic gift of tongues as speaking to the church body, only two or three can speak in tongues. When we see that baptism of the Holy Ghost with evidential tongues, on the day of Pentecost, 120 people speak in tongues. And Cornelius' household, all of them spoke in tongues in Acts 10. In Acts 19, it specified that there were about 12 disciples of John that spoke in tongues. Um, another instruction is there has to be a member of the church that operates in the gift of the Spirit to give an interpretation if someone speaks to the church body with this charismatic gift of tongues. Now, what we see in the book of Acts, whenever people are just receiving their personal baptism of the Holy Ghost and praying as the Spirit gives the utterance, there isn't a record of any believer ever giving an interpretation of that. And so, um, the the gift of the Spirit, I, I know I'm kind of reiterating this over and over, but I want to make sure that it's really plain. The gift of the Spirit with the evidence of tongues the, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the infilling of the Holy Ghost is promised to all believers. And at conversion, um, seekers believed and they received the promise in, in large numbers and small groups. They spoke in tongues before the public and in the privacy of their home. This gift was received without any restrictions in the book of Acts. Now we're introduced to a separate gift, a charismatic gift of tongues, that he tells us was meant to be exercised in the church for the church. It was used to edify the body, not the individual. And it was a public message that was given, and there was an expectation that there would have to be an interpretation. And so restrictions were placed on these messages so that everything could be done decently in order. And so we, we have to see these two different experiences where people speak in tongues to make sense of the text. Um, so let's go to verse number 12. For as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jew, Jews or Greeks, whether bond or free, and we're all given to drink into one spirit, for the body is not one member, but many. If the foot would say, because I'm not a hand, I'm not part of the body, it is not therefore not part of the body. If the ear would say, because I'm not the eye, I'm not part of the body, it's not therefore not part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole were hearing, where would the smelling be? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body, just as he desired. If they were all one member, where would the body be? But now they are many members, but one body. The eye can't tell the hand, I have no need for you. Or again, the head to the feet, I have no need for you. No, much rather those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. Those parts of the body which we think to be less honorable, on those we bestow more abundant honor. And our unpresentable parts have more abundant propriety. Whereas our presentable parts have no such need, but God composed the body together, giving more abundant honor to the inferior part, that there should be no division in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. When one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. When one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. And so here he's again going to introduce this section uh, of his letter about the proper gifts of the Spirit. And so he's telling us that 
we're all in this together. Instead of being competitive or envious when someone is used in this by the Spirit in some way, we should be thankful for other people's gifting because together we make up the body. Whenever God uses someone and they're used to bless the body, it blesses us all. When God empowers someone, then together we're able to fulfill our purpose. Verse 27, Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. God has set some in the assembly, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracle workers, then gifts of healing and helps and governments and various kinds of languages. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all miracle workers? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak with various languages? Do all interpret? But earnestly desire the best gifts. Moreover, I show you a most excellent way to you. We need to desire the the best gifts and and I'll tell you what whatever's best is whatever the spirit would have for the body in that moment and so in our desire our desire has to be motivated by love what can i do to bless the body of christ and to advance the kingdom let's pray together lord we thank you for your word i ask that you would use us with your spirit lord that you would equip us that you would give us power that our motivation would be right that everything we do would be for your glory, that you would magnify our efforts. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for joining me today. Join me again tomorrow for another episode.